Once, as an arctic wind coursed into the valley, adhering to the countryside like a wet sponge to a freezer wall, it caught the residents of Dorsetville by surprise, residents who, under the February thaw, had sat by open windows, seed catalogs spread out on worn kitchen tables, gazing dreamily into the barren landscape, envisioning summer's rich crops. This morning's cold front vaporized the fog and froze the mud into brown molds of tire tracks and roadside glaciers comprised of half-melted snow, where encapsulated chunks of granite, broken limbs, and litter lay captive. The cold front had frozen Dorsetville solid. It was only by true Yankee grit, ingrained in New Englanders for many generations, that the citizens of Dorsetville were able to rouse themselves from sleep this morning to face a sky domed in deep charcoal gray clouds, a harbinger of heavy snow. Their only solace was in the old adage, March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb, which was oft repeated this morning, as women throughout the valley searched hall closets for misplaced earmuffs and lost mates of gloves, while the men braved the numbing cold outdoors trying to coax reluctant car batteries into life. By 6.30 a.m., kitchen cabinets were ransacked in search of oatmeal canisters, their contents to be mixed with milk still delivered in glass bottles with paper caps left each morning in the square tin milk box by the side door. While the oatmeal was left to bubble at the back of the stove in a cast-iron pot, Homeowners would begin to make frantic calls to George Benson, heating and air conditioning specialist, as well as Dorsetville's fire marshal, to come and reset their furnace pilot lights, which had gone out unnoticed during the thaw. George was needed most at St. Cecilia's Catholic Church, a monolith of gray granite and marble that sat along the town square on a parcel of land much too small for the imposing structure. Morning Mass began at 7 a.m., and the church's furnace, which was installed in 1941 to replace the original coal furnace, could be counted on for only one thing. It couldn't be counted on. St. Cecilia's was an aberration among the white-steepled, clabbered houses of worship as indigenous to New England as its rolling countryside and its trees' spectacular autumn foliage. In fact, St. Cecilia's was the proverbial white elephant, and a bane to its parishioners, who had never been consulted on its design. The church's benefactors, Irish immigrants who traveled up from the meanest poverty on the streets of Dublin to the lofty heights of leading citizens in their roles as mill owners of this valley town, had commissioned the building following a trip to Italy, lending testimony to Emerson's statement, Some men wear wealth like an ill-fitting suit. In their quest to distance themselves as much as possible from the humble wooden structures in which they had worshipped as youths, and to reflect their newfound status, they imported a host of Italian artisans, along with some Italian marble, in their plan to rival the great churches of Rome. The result was a gaudy pseudo-cathedral of Italian marble, hand-painted friezes, gilded ceilings and fine wood carvings crammed into a building poised on a postage-stamp-sized plot of earth. Many who saw St. Cecilia's for the first time commented that it looked as though it were suffering from gas. 
St. Cecilia's extravagant style was the reason the church had been left to slowly disintegrate over the years. No one in all of New England possessed any of the skills needed to execute the repairs. Since the mid-1960s, the parish council had debated raising both the church and the rectory and replacing them with a structure more in keeping with the New England landscapes and the available skills of local tradesmen. But that would have required an enormous sum which the parishioners could ill afford. Since there was really little the church fathers could do to prevent St. Cecilia's from unraveling, they elected to do nothing. And it was this lassitude, coupled with the last ten years of dwindling membership due to the closing of the woolen mills, that had reduced St. Cecilia's to a state of near collapse. Thoughts of George Benson came to mind as soon as Father James Flaherty's bare feet touched the cold...